And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially back in session. And we are here with another guest speaker episode, episode number 47, and I am thrilled to have my next guest. Please, everyone, give a warm welcome to Keys. How you doing, my man? What's going on? How you doing, Mike? Uh, glad to finally get on here with you. You know, it's definitely definitely an honor to be on here. I'm doing great, and I hope, uh, I hope you're doing great as well, and uh, I'm excited. Let's get to it. Yeah, no, I, I am too, man. Great to, great to have you. Uh, really an awesome connection that you and I had. Uh, we have a mutual friend, one of my best friends, actually probably my best friend, uh, Danny DeCristoforo, and I know you went to school with him, and he was at Salem State. Oh, yeah. He was, he was telling me all about you, and uh, he was like, hey, I know you got your guest speaker series. I got a guy that I think would be perfect, and uh, we came on to you uh, tail end last year and got, got you on here finally. So uh, re- really excited to have you on, man, and talk about your journey as an artist and things of that nature. I guess that's probably a good place to start is, you know, where did you really start to make music and maybe were some of like your early influences and genres that inspired you and your sound? Um, I mean, first of all, shout out to Dan. Yeah, I love Dan. Yeah, Big shout out we, to Dan. We're really great friends in college. So, uh, yeah, shout out to him um, for, for linking us up uh, too. Absolutely. Is, uh, so, you know, early, early influences, um, genres that influenced me, I feel like I'm very... You know, hip hop, I feel like was probably like the very start. You know, the first time I really dipped into music, I mean, my older brother was uh, was writing music and is definitely has like a, a very you know high level rapping ability. He was rapping, he was making music and he was recording songs like when I was, you know, a good amount younger. I mean, I'm 24 now when I was like probably 10 years old. I mean, my brother was making songs and, uh, you know, he was always, you know, pretty incredible you know at rapping and and we started freestyling you know around the time that i was probably like 12 years old you know we used to take rides in the car and um we would just cruise around and he would just play instrumentals and he would just play beats and like he would just you know at first i didn't really have that much because everybody's kind of like you know when you freestyle it's kind of like okay like i don't know if i have anything so he would kind of freestyle you know a lot of times he'd be like okay like it's all good like i'll just show you what i have to this or he would go off the top or he'd show a verse and then I kind of got more comfortable just like, you know, listening to beats and just kind of starting to flow with beats. And I started freestyling. And um, that was kind of really where that was probably like the biggest inspiration uh, to music that I that I had was just, you know, uh, listening to a lot of hip hop instrumentals and, uh, you know, just freestyling with my brother in the car and just like seeing him uh, do his thing with music. And that's pretty much where it kicked off. I mean, that was like probably about four years. You know, I was probably 12 years old then. You know, up until the time I was 16, uh, once I, you know, once I hit 16, I was listening to the, um, I was listening to the Shady 2.0 Cypher. They did these BT yeah. Cyphers. That was probably like uh, 2010, maybe 2011, maybe 2012, somewhere in that, that time frame. Early 2010, they did a I believe, yeah. It was? Yeah, I think I want to say it was 2011, but I'll uh, I'll fact check that. But go ahead, continue. So, so that was the exact um, moment when I was like, yo. I need to write something like I need to write something right now because like that cypher was so dope like that shady 2.0 cypher was so crazy to me like he had uh, all of Slaughterhouse was in there Yellow Wolf Yellow was Wolf. in there yep yeah and I was just like oh my goodness I was like and, and that beat specifically like that year with the BET cyphers the beat that they put down I think it was DJ Premier 
that um that's that that you know produced that that year and he was uh he was uh on the on the turntables for that for that cypher and, and that beat was so dope and it inspired me so much i was like and and that was the first beat that i ever wrote to i was like yo i need to write to this i i found it i pulled it up on youtube and i wrote a, a verse to that um that that the that BT cipher beat that that every, everybody was rapping on that year and that was so so you know to to kind of uh bring that back full circle i mean hip hop instrumentals you know freestyling uh with my brother in the car for for years and um you know Eminem Jay-Z you know those those uh Drake you know those were a lot of like early influences that i had um you know my brother used to listen to a lot of D12 uh well, 50 yeah. cent you know, like these are all like people that I like grew up listening to, and I was like, wow. Like I remember I used to listen to Fifty Cent. Like when I was like young, like eight, nine years old. Like I was like hearing Fifty Cent, and I was like, I used to listen to his hooks, and I would be like, wow. Like he writes really good hooks, but like I didn't even know enough to really know what that was like at the time. But like I just knew that it sounded good, and I was like, wow. Like you know, I used to try to like mimic Fifty Cent. I used to try to like write hooks. Like when I was like ten years old, I used to try to write hooks like Fifty Cent, and like that. <laughs> So that was um those are like to be specific those are names that were like early influences like like I said the Jay Z's Eminem Fifty Cent like D Twelve like those are a lot of guys that my brother was like often listening to and like a lot of like um a lot of like more hardcore hip hop guys like like lyrical guys were like a lot of names like that were like early influences but then you know as I got into high school I kind of like you know I was a big Mac Miller fan I feel like Mac Miller is like one of my like biggest influences like to this day um rest in peace mac miller by the absolutely, way absolutely. Uh, and 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 that that i feel like he's one of the greatest ever like my greatest ever at least you know i think it's all relative but um yeah like those are guys that i really joe budden to you know those are all yeah. guys who like big writers you know what i mean i feel like all those guys are like you know, spectacular writers and those are some of like my biggest influences Awesome. No, I, I first off want to say that I like the cool story about you driving around in your car with your with your brother freestyling. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. I feel like that's just like something that naturally like, you know, it, it gradually or naturally or gradually, right, goes to, into what you're doing now, right? When you when you actually have Absolutely. those moments and seeing some type of some type of maybe like love for it or even a, even a talent at first, right? But uh, especially with 50 Cent, man, I, I completely agree. Get Rich or Die Trying was the very first album I ever owned. And I was, really? I remember, I, oh yeah, yeah. It was the first album I ever bought, like physically like bought with my own money. And I was like, mom, we need to go to FYE. I don't know if you remember any of those stores, the FYE yeah, Entertainment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those way back when you used to buy albums and stuff or CDs, right? With CDs, but uh, Get Rich. I remember getting the clean version of Get Rich or Die Trying. That was one of the first like few albums I owned. And uh, I, I used, I loved 50 Cent, man. That Into Club was the very first like oh, yeah. hip hop uh, song that I heard on the radio because I was at the time, you know, 10, 11 years old, you're just listening to whatever's on the radio. And especially during that right. time when radio was still like a thing, I guess, you know what I mean? Not that it's not a thing, but when it was more, yes. yeah, it was more the, more the, uh, the norm, right. That you were going to be listening to the radio and yeah. now it's totally different. It's completely changed, but, uh, yeah, no, get, I love to get rich. So you're, you're, how old's your brother actually? See, cause I'm 27. So he must be like, probably, is he around my age? Yeah, he's yeah. um <clears throat> I want to say he's 28 and he'll be 29 okay. or he's 29. He's like 28, 29, I want to say. Perfect. Yeah, so he's yeah, so, so he's right, the same right around. Same yeah, circle. exactly. Oh, yeah. And we obviously, I mean Eminem was another one, right? I remember like 
I think it was just oh, at yeah. the time that stuff was coming out, right? That and then Encore, which I, which, you know, in hindsight, looking back, obviously Encore probably wasn't one of his better records. But like at the time, I was infatuated with Encore just because that was Me like too. it was hot. Yeah, exactly. D12, I remember them. So oh, that's that's really cool. But uh, Mac Miller, man, I, I have to say too, like when you're talking about artist progression, right? And especially in hip hop, when you look at somebody like a Mac Miller, he really is, I think, the prime example of somebody that elevated their sound so much throughout his career to the point where he was at a level that I agree. I think he's up there as an A-list, like one of the, and I don't think the death changes that or, or maybe or reinforces that or anything like that. Because I know sometimes we can often say, okay, you know, when when artists die, we sort of send a, maybe put, hold them in a little bit higher of a light. But I just felt like with mm. Mac... He was so influential and every he always was consistently changing his sound. That's what I loved about Mac Miller so much. Another reason why I too I love Tyler guys like Tyler the Creator. They never make the same album. And Mac was exactly that. So I always loved Mac Miller too. He was one of my all time favorites as well, for sure, just because of the way he was able to evolve his sound as the years progressed. So definitely a huge Mac Miller fan myself. I mean, like to like just to to kind of bounce off that point, like you know what you were saying about like the encore album um like like toy soldiers i'm pretty sure it was on the encore album and like that song like when that came out i was like bodied by that song like that was a song like before i even rewrote anything that was like years before i ever even like freestyled and i was just like oh my goodness this is probably the most powerful song i've ever heard like I, I, i like i still think about those lyrics like i can still like give you bars from like that song off the top of my head like i'll be in the shower i'm like like i hear like toy soldiers in my head like that song was so memorable and like had so much replay value it was so powerful and it was so real you know what i mean and like there was a lot of like real events that like you know inspired that music and then like you can tell because like it kind of like travels with you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the probably like Toy Soda is probably like one of my favorites. I think it's probably one of the best like hip hop and rap songs ever. Like that, that it's just it has everything. And it's funny you mentioned that because I think that's a song when you're talking about Eminem's discography, because of Encore, because of sort of the bad publicity in a sense, and where he was at in his life with with Encore. I think it gets a really bad rep, and people often forget about that song. And that's and I completely agree because I I remember always watching that music video as well and being enamored by it. Right, like just because of the way he's rapping and the pain, and I loved the vocal sample on that, and just how heightened the hook was and with the like the harmonies he was playing with. So you, you get a song like that on Eminem's encore, and I know he was doing more of the goofier kind of like weird the kind of experimental mm, yeah. stuff he was doing at the time but you're absolutely right a song like like toy Sho- uh, like toy soldiers classic that i think a lot of people forget about oh yeah absolutely like it's even like you know that um you know that i think i want to say that came out in 2004 the encore mm-hmm. album and yeah like to look back at that it's like wow 2021 like that was 17 years ago and like it doesn't feel like 17 years ago for me because no. like that song like li- kind of lives with me to this day. Like if I hear that, like people talk about classic and it's like if you hear it again and it still feels like the first time you heard it, like it still gives you the chills. You still get goosebumps. Mm. Like it still gives me the goosebumps. I have goosebumps right now just thinking about the song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I still I feel I'm, I'm like in, I'm in chills. Like I'm freezing. Like just thinking about like Toy Soldiers and like watching like with the music video and everything like mm-hmm. incredible incredible music but um absolutely you know and 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 mac miller too like you you were talking about mac miller like 
that he, you know, I don't even think about Mac Miller as like, I know you were pointing out how like, you know, when, when artists, uh, you know, unfortunately passes away, like, you know, it, they kind of tend to get looked at like in a different light a lot of times. Um, but Mac Miller, like, you know, he's one guy I don't even like, it, it's kind of like, I don't even look at him like he actually passed away. Like mm. I, I still listen to him and like think about his like, like I'm still inspired by him like to a level where it, like I, it's almost like I haven't even really acknowledged it. You know what I mean? And like it's he, I just feel like it's he he's so impactful, you know, and, and I still listen to like his older music. Like I listen to his songs that he came out with like 2010, 2011, like as if and I still get the feeling, you know, similar mm. to what I was saying about like Toys Orders. Like I still it brings me back to that place and, and the feeling I had from the first time listening to it back when I was like 14, 15 years old like when I was just starting to like get into music, you know, and, and he was one of those people I was listening to at that time. So, you know, a lot of love for Mac Miller for sure. A lot yeah. of love. Yeah, Kool-Aid and Frozen Pizza, that whole kids mixtape, right? I was, the one album yeah. where Mac Miller for me get, it gets away from me is Blue Slide Park. And even to this day, I just can't get into it. But there are just, I mean, Divine Feminine, uh, watching movies, uh, you know, there's just so many uh, um, faces. There's so many good Mac oh, Miller yeah. records that are just like it, really just mind blowing. And even the ones he was just recently coming out with, like I loved uh, Swimming and Circles. I thought both of those were really good. And I think Good Good Morning was probably my favorite Mac Miller project when it was all said and done. But in all in all honesty, I mean, after Blue Slide Park, I don't think there was a record that he put out that I didn't like, or I didn't wasn't at least listening to for quite some time. But what was maybe like your favorite like Mac Miller record, and 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 why, if you had to pick one? I mean, I I, I found myself going back to Macadelic a lot. Ooh. I really liked Macadelic, like that mixtape. Like had, uh, you know, he has a record with Lil Wayne on there. Um, he has like thoughts from a uh, thoughts from a balcony. I'm pretty sure it was on Macadelic. He had I think Loud was on Macadelic. He has a yep. song called Desperado, which was on Macadelic. Like those are songs that I go back and I'm just like, oh my goodness! Like I, it, it's Macadelic definitely like super dope. Um, watching movies, I really like. And then I love that you brought up Good Morning because uh, Good AM because mm -hmm. that album is another one that like I can go back and listen to it. Like you know five minutes you know after we get off this and like i'm still gonna be vibing to that i'm still gonna be like head nodding to that and when those songs come on like uh rush hour like he has i think he has Ooh. a song called rush hour on there yeah, like help. when that comes on i'm still getting hyped to that like that fast pace like rapping that he was doing on there like i loved how on good am like he changed pace so much mm. like he would go down he would go up he'd go down and go up and like and, and, he, and he had a mix of songs that, like, he gave, like, a lot of, like, real, uh, you know, a lot of real sentiments that he was, like, putting into a lot of those songs. And, um, you know, he had the song Perfect Circle. Like, that oh, song, uh, Perfect so Circle, Godspeed. <laughs> yeah. Like, that song, like, that's one of those ones. Like, the second half of that song, like, you Incredible. know, Perfect Circle, like, when he's talking about, like, all, all the, like, the, the, the guys on, uh, who's been on his team for years, like, that song can bring me to tears, like at any point. You know, I think Good AM is probably that's probably my favorite too, honestly. Mm. Like Macadelic and and uh, and and, and um, watching movies are like you know right there. I think watching movies and with the sound off in terms of like the, the imagination of it and the creativity of it. Yeah. Um, he really went to a different place with that one. I feel like so if I'm talking in terms of uh, of that. You know, I think that one appealed to me in, in like the sense of like if I want to listen to something like to really like hone in on like creativity, 
and like really kind of get out of like a in like a one-dimensional space i'm gonna go listen to watch movies um good am is kind of has a little bit of everything so if i want to kind of like listen to an album like all the way through you know i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to good am because i have listened to that album all the way through probably upwards of 100 times oh yeah just the versatility of good am is incredible i love that you brought up uh, brought up perfect circle godspeed because that's one of my favorite songs on that as well but then it, it's amazing when you hear a song like that on that record and then you hear a song like the we uh weekend with um with miguel that's a little bit more oh yeah you know like of a, of a, a pop tune in a sense and then you have some of the hard-hitting like grittier songs like break the law with schoolboys, like little ad-libs coming in and out and then cut the check with chief keith and you're just like this is all on the same album but he somehow finds a way to make it co- sort of be cohesive at the same time it, it was just and then for him to put out a record uh, a record like the, uh, the defined feminine Whereas just how soulful and jazzy it was mm. is in, in there's this, that song with Ty Dolla Sign on there. A Cinderella blows my freaking mind every time I hear that one. That's like, and that's in my wheelhouse in terms of like the type of type of hip hop I like. But yeah, no, I think Mac Miller when it's he has just so many classics when you look at it. And I completely agree with you too on watching movies with the creativity of it because he was able to take in those odd future elements and really but kind of make them their his own at the same time. So yeah, he's oh, yeah. just. He he was somebody that I didn't really expect to be a pioneer in hip hop music, but really turned out to be in the 2010s. I, I mean, he I, there's no question about that. So and, and, you know, Mac Miller's influence and his ability to be just a an artist that can do many many different things and wear different hats. I, I loved that about him. So he was spectacular. You know, I, I the fact that I like I, I, when he passed away, I said to myself, I feel like this is somebody. Like, and I've always felt like this is somebody that I knew from down the street. Mm. Like, I, like, because when I was, when I was growing up, like I was like 14, 15 years old, like, and, and, and when I heard his mixtape, The High Life, that was around that time. Like The High Life, he had a, a mixtape called The High Life, like that dropped around that time. And like, I would, I was amazed. You know what I mean? Like he, he has the, a song called uh, Another Night. You know, you just like, yes. Another Night. Yes. I, that's, I think probably you know, one of his best songs ever. And not saying that he never made anything better than that. He did, but I'm saying that it's what, like the, the place that that song brings me to in 2021, being that it came out like 10, probably 10 plus years ago is just unbelievable. Like I mm. still feel that, you know, like the, mm. the, 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 you know, the bars in there, like the, 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 the things that I can visualize when I listen to that song yeah. another night is crazy, you know, um, you know, and, and, and that, you know, I think he had a song 2009, on i think it was on his swimming album is his mm-hmm. yeah i think it, 2009 was on his swimming album. i want to say that was the outro to the album and i, I maybe i maybe i might be wrong on that one i don't quite remember i'm not sure the placement of it but i, I know he had a song called 2009 i think it's on his swimming album and i love that song like i, I and it and, and it's crazy because he was able to kind of yep. like simplify his vocals and like he 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 really it, 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 not simplify his vocals. I shouldn't say that. He simplified his bars, and you know he kind of. I feel like he kind of harmonized his vocals to to go with the bars, and and they were kind of, you know, he kind of like uh, he kind of like dumbed down his writing, but it was in a way that worked. And you know he was like get a ball with a dribble and bounce. Like he you know he was kind of just kind of it was very relaxed. You know the pace mm. that he was that he was going at in it and. um 
you know, you know, he's saying, oh, you know, whole team about to figure it out. We ice cold. That's what winter about. Like he kind of had that very calm, relaxed pace that that went with that song, and and, and the beat was so suited for it, you know. Mm. And it just like the moods that he was able to like access in himself, and then like access within his listeners, and and, and access in you know someone like me or you is, I just think is remarkable. Mac Miller was That's able it. to do everything, and I, and mm. I just think that. You know, it's one of the things I, I, I commonly think about is um, I wish I would be able to have a con- like I wish I could have a conversation with him. Like that's like an artist that like I met Joe Budden once. Like I went to a, oh, a Joe Budden concert in um, I want to say it was 2015 or 2016. It was one. It was his last tour. It was wow. the last tour that he did. And I was like, you know what? I have a feeling that this might be one of the and I didn't know that it was like he was going to stop doing music like shortly after that. I, I didn't know. But I was like, you know, I have a feel. I was like, I have a feeling this might be one of the last opportunities I get to meet this guy. And they had the meet and greet tickets for like a hundred bucks. I was like, I'm buying the meet and greet because I just have a feeling like if I don't meet him this time, I might never get to meet him again. And I I met Joe Budden. I talked with him for like a few minutes after his performance. And um, you know, I knew like all the bars like at his show, like all the songs he was doing. Like he's another guy that like I know like most of his discography. I sat there, I was talking with him. And I was like, just like naming off bars. Like I was just like going through his bars to him, like while we were sitting there. And it was like very surreal to like experience this because like I'm going through your bars. <laughs> you know That's what I crazy. mean? Like I, I was I was running back his bar. I was like, you know, like Joe, when you said this, like it was just so like impactful for me. It was so like it 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 was so inspiring for me. And you know, and he was sitting there and he was like, wow, like you're really. He's like, you're very well versed in the bars. And I'm like. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, I, I definitely am because I'm like that's like one of my things. Like when I listen to an artist, like I'm listening to every word you say, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's why like I like certain artists and certain artists I I don't listen to because you know if if they're not really like focused in what they're writing, like and then I I'm still gonna be listening to what they're saying. And if what they're saying is not like I don't think it's like on point or like it's not really something that I necessarily want to listen to like I I won't gravitate towards it cuz gotcha. cuz you know so, some music is music is based on different things like something mm. is you know more production heavy like the beat is, is probably like what a lot of people are uh, is really catching their ear like and it may not be maybe they're not trying you know it, it, the lyrics isn't really what they're they're um focused on you know song mm. certain songs have different elements to them so but um yeah Mac yeah. Miller was able to do that and I just feel like he was a guy that you know, I wish I could have got to meet him the way I met Joe Budden. You know, I really sure. wish I would have been able to been able to have a conversation with him. Well, that was a re- really cool story about Joe Budden for sure. And uh, I think it's actually a good segue because just kind of, you know, in, in my research on you and the music I've listened to and just sort of the, the, the things I've seen from you, I know you value songwriting and lyricism a lot in music. And it's pretty clear that you said you, you that's one of the really the things you look for in music and it's so funny that you know just a lot of people like they they listen to music for different reasons and it sounds like you know the lyricism and sort of the impact that the the writing can make is something that you value a lot and i think that's something that clearly you value a lot in your music so i was just kind of curious as well to hear uh you know really your start in writing and 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 how you kind of got into writing and how that maybe transformed into to songwriting were you always just a songwriter or were you kind of writing different things and then it sort of just kind of naturally went to that direction so it's interesting because i was actually um so i i went to i went to salem state university and i'm actually i was like uh my, my major was also based on writing no shit 
So, so that's kind of, I mean, that kind of happened, like started to pan out after the fact, because like I decided I was going to go to college after I started writing music, but it was interesting how like that, uh, my college major is, is, is centered around writing. Like I was a journal, I was a journalism major. Oh, so wow. that's like a hundred percent, like a writing thing. It's a writing, uh, field. And so that I feel like kind of was, um, wrapped with like the, with the, um, with writing music. And because I started writing music like 2012, I decided I was going to go to college in 2014. So, you know, I was studying writing. You know, at first I was a professional writing major. So I was studying writing. And then, you know, I was studying editing, you know, and then I was studying journalism. So I'm, I'm, I'm so like, um, I feel like I'm, I'm rather well versed in like the English language and like grammar and, and uh, punctuation. Like th- those types of things is so big for me. And I feel like that was it. That was able to intertwine with my songwriting. And you know, at first I was just writing like one verse. Like you know, t- to answer your point more directly, I was just writing like a verse here, a verse there, like to a beat. Because like I said, my brother was making music, and I was just like, you know, he was like, "You want to write a verse on this song?" He was like, "I'm gonna do this beat, and like you know." you fill this other space like there's two verses or there's three verses whatever i'll do two you do one or i'll do one you do one and um you know one of the first beats we ever did funny enough was lucifer by jay-z that was one of the first beats i ever like i didn't write to the beat i just wrote the verse and then i just like kind of matched i was able to just like fit the verse on the beat and um, we did like a remix to to Lucifer by Jay Z. That was one of the first beats we ever, first like two or three beats we ever did. And um, so I was writing like verses at first, and it transitioned into songwriting in 2013. That was when I so I we we did like a mixtape in 2012, and then I had a a major surgery in 2013, and that is really where I like transitioned into songwriting. It was like after that like my you know after i was like i was in the hospital for a couple months and like there was a lot of like you know physical rehabilitation and things i had uh to to go through in that time and that was when i really when i came out of that my mindset on life was just so much different and i feel like my whole like aura was different you know my whole like the person i was was not the same you know the, the person i became was not the person i was before like I feel like my interests were different. Things that caught my eye were different. Music that I listened to changed drastically. Like I transitioned into very different music. Like things, I mean, nowadays I listen to like hundreds of different genres. So like I really developed like my like, you know, catalog as far as that. But, um, you know, I, I really became a songwriter, you know, it transitioned into songwriting around 2013. I came out and started writing like full songs, you know, with hooks and things like that. So first off, that's a really interesting, interesting story to getting into it. And I'm actually an English major myself. Uh, I teach English. Oh, really? uh, yeah, I just got a graduate degree actually in education and English. So that is, oh, I'm exact. So I'm a writer myself. Yeah, yeah. So wow, that, that's that's an interesting point that we kind of have like that that parallel. <laughs> that's, that's really dope. Yeah, and and I'm the same way as you. Like I really uh, value song like lyricism as well. Like lyrics for me is, is, is what got me into a lot of, a lot of hip hop and, and really all music. Like, cause like you said, I, as I've 
the years have gone on. And even in my younger years, I really liked a lot of different kinds of music. And I was a big fan of Elton John because that was one my mom was playing constantly. And he's a fantastic songwriter, obviously, you know, as a musician, more or less. But, uh, you know, Fleetwood Mac, they're just very, very different um you know, artists and bands and acts that I was listening to that, you know, the lyrics were a big deal and, and hip hop was the same way. That's what reasons why I gravitated towards an Eminem, uh, early Kanye West outcast. I always felt like had something to say, like, I mean, there, J Cole, Kendrick Lamar. I mean, there's, you know, in my later years, right. I mean, there's just artists that have something to say was always, you know, a thing for me. And I just want to point out, I love the fact that you brought out outcast. Like you said, how you listen to like a lot of Outkast, because um, mm-hmm. my brother is actually like probably one of the biggest Outkast fans like ever. And oh, they, and, and, I, I would and get I along. I would get along with your brother. I, he and I would yeah, get along I very well. Would. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, like uh, he loves Andre Two Thousand. Like, and, oh, and just like Outkast, like Hope, like uh, catalog. He's he, he he he's a very big fan, and and that was one of the the that was th- those were guys that I grew up listening to too, and and it. I'm glad you brought it up because I, I forgot to mention them like that. That was a, a huge influence as well, because that really uh, put me on to like Southern rap yeah. and like Southern rap is big in my um, overall because I mean, one of my like T.I. like T.I. is one of my favorites. I, he's like one of the goats to me. Like T.I. is. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. he's like God tier. Like, you know, they put these, you know, you have, you know, they put Jay-Z, you know, like uh, Little Wayne. When Lil Wayne came out with. um the Carter three, he had the song, yep. uh, Mr. Carter, you know what I'm going to say? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He had the song, Mr. Carter. And, and the, I think it was the end of his uh, last verse. He said, and next time you mention uh, Pac, I think he said, next time you mention Pac, Biggie and Jay-Z, don't forget Wheezy, Wheezy baby. baby. Like, and, and mm-hmm. when he said that, like, first of all, like that's totally valid. Cause I think Lil Wayne is up there with those guys. Uh, also I think T.I. is up there with those guys. So that's what I was trying to like, uh, I was trying to pull that into when I said that. That was why I made the reference because I, you know, but that out, outcast influence like really put me onto Southern rap and like Ludacris and Ti specifically are like two guys who really, I mean, Ludacris like very like punchline heavy rap right. like that and 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 I love battle rap like I, I watch battle rap like a lot and like that kind of and and that's very much based around lyricism oh, wow. and writing yeah definitely and that's is. another thing that I feel like has um has intertwined with my songwriting is because a lot of my songs and, and and I notice it to this day, even like my, you know, single that I just dropped like a couple of weeks ago, even in that song, like I have, you know, double, uh, double and triple entendres. Like I don't even notice them sometimes that are in my bars. And like, I feel like it's so all these things kind of like, uh, you put them in a blender and it's kind of just like, that's what you get. You know what right. I mean? Like T.I. had like a lot of aggression, like conviction in his voice, like uh, believability and just like the things he was saying. His storytelling was incredible. Um, you know, Ludacris had that punchline heavy rap, like really put me on to the lyricism and like, you know, kind of like lining up like this word with this word in another bar. And you're kind of like, you know, kind of like crossing out, you know, all these words are like kind of coming together, like, you know, four lines later, like. Ludacris was very much like that, and Eminem, Eminem is very much like that as well. But I'm saying, like, in, in terms of the Southern rap, like, Outkast really kind of opened me up to all those guys, you know, because mm. hearing, uh, you know, hearing, um, you know, Speaker Box, you know, hearing that, like, back in the day, like, that really kind of opened me up to those those people, and, 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 and no, no, not people, but th- those artists. And, you know, Ludacris and T.I., like, th- those were two guys who really, uh, r- really inspired me a lot. Like when I, if you were to like 
basically tell me like I can only listen to one artist the rest of my life, it would be Outkast. I swear to God, because I love them. They're like Outkast was really the entity that showed me too that like because when I heard Fifty Cent right like that like I was here in, in the club and Get Rich or Die Try and I was like oh, okay like you know when I saw the G Unit sort of brand and just sort of their uh, their aesthetic I was like oh, okay that's hip hop I didn't realize what else was out there Outkast gave me a completely different perspective on what hip hop hip hop could be at you know age nine and ten so. I was listening to, you know, jazz influences, right? Like Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. Like, I'm not saying that that's like the, the um, or, you know, jazz, like Kenny G, like Luther Vandross. Like, these were all artists that, like, I was listening to growing up. And I never thought that though, that, that type of music could be in hip-hop, that those two made sense. And, and Speakerbox Love Below is actually where, where I also started with Outkast. And then I, I went backwards because, obviously, like, we, are, we were too young at the time to, like, really be heavily invested in... You know, ATLians and Equemini and Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music mm. and Stankonia and all those different, uh, you know, albums that were so just crucial to the Outcast, uh, you know, discography. But oh yeah, even, even another, even another guy too, Big Crit on my on my wall over here. I don't know if you're a Big Crit fan, but he is one of my favorites right now in in the modern era, specifically in the Southern rap, because he's another guy that, like, I I he. He could be a slam poet, I think, honestly. Like, I, I even saw that he came out with, like, meditations recently. Like, I could listen to Big Crit. He's another guy that I could listen to all day long, just listening to his, the way that he's able to, you know, flow and, and his, his writing and his music and how just introspective and, and very relatable that Big Crit is. I think that Crit gives – Crit and Outcast, you know, I think are guys that, you know – really give southern rap a, a a total feel i think that southern rap often gets that like a, a little bit of a bad not bad rep but it gets the rep the rep of like oh it's just kind of uh you know southern swang and noise and and uh which you know cool which is not the case at all right and you know yeah so uh there's there's artists like that that really like bridge those gaps and 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 show that there is a lot of you know uh, you know, just a lot of versatility in in different places of of the country, specifically when you're talking about talking about hip hop. But yeah, man, I I huge Outcast stand, no question about it. I, I was huge, yeah. huge Outcast stand. My brother loves Big Crit for the record. Like he always ah, let's Big Crit. go, <laughs> man. Yo, we would get along. Yo, always. you know who's a big fan of Big Crit as well as Danny. Danny loves Big Crit. Oh he, yeah, I oh, think Big God, dope yeah. too. I think he's dope for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is like was, one of my favorite albums of like I, I actually just listened to listen to this the other night. I just I felt like putting it on. I turned it on and I just I, I found myself playing it all the way through Forever's a mighty long time. But there's just so much for, of his discography that I, I've just been so enamored with as well because of he gives me a lot of the outcast feel, like uh, their oh, story yeah. their storytelling oh, yeah. really. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Like when I when I listened to him, I think like the first couple times my brother played him, like I thought I thought it was one of those guys. Like I was like, "Yo, is is that three sacks? Like who who is this? Like I, is that like I, I thought it was like because like the way his voice sounds, I was like, he he definitely you can tell he has like a southern flow and like mm-hmm. he has like his vocal sounds like this is southern rap for sure. But um, which is not a knock, you know what I mean? It's, oh it's no, dope. no. And, and and I thought it was one of those dudes. I was like, "Yo, like is that is that Andre? Like who who is this?" And he was like, "Oh, that's Big Crit." I was like, "Oh." It's like okay, <laughs> I was like, all right, like, and, and I think he's dope. I need to dive more into his discography myself. But my brother always plays him like when we hop in the car. Like he's like, oh, you gotta listen to a Big Crit album, and like, I think that's uh, one of the guys that like is gonna bring that southern rap. Like he's one of like the new, the next uh, 
next next generation of like Southern rap to bring that forward. Oh, thousand percent. He's already done that more, but I mean, he's just, he, I just, I'm so obsessed with his music. Like just, he's one of my all time favorites right now. And, and I just love his, the way he's able to command with his voice and his, in his lyricism over, over a, a hook. And he, he has certain, uh, certain songs too, that literally could be read as like spoken word. I mean, he has a song on one of his old mixtapes, uh, that is, uh, I can't remember now the name of it is escaping me right now, but uh, where he's very much just kind of coming in and sort of just over a very like uh, lo-fi, lo-fi beat, and he's just and he's just kind of spitting his 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 like almost it sounds like a poem really, and and it's just so incredible, uh, you know, guys like that, and and so I think you you would appreciate his stuff a lot, like some of his older stuff too, because of the the songwriting and the storytelling that he's able to to convey in his his music. But um, I, I definitely wanted to ask you as well, like. You know what? What do you want your music specifically uh, to say about you? Like, what messages do you want to convey in your music? So, I think like probably one of my like most central points of my music is okay. So, when I like when I when I mentioned before, like I, I touched on this a little bit. Um, so when when I was so when I had like a major surgery in 2013, um, I actually had a brain surgery in 2013. After I came out after I, you know, luckily survived that and came back from that, um, it changed like my whole, like my whole aura, like my whole, like being was just different. I could feel it. Like I was just noticeably different, like in every way. And, um, like the things that attracted my eye were different. Like my interests were, were drastically different, you know? Um, you know, just a lot of things like my, that my mind was attracted to and the things I would think about the way I would look at things, like the things I valued were all different. And one of the things that I feel like, uh, you know, really became like an important thing to me after that time was just like, you know, genuine behavior, just like, you know, what I would call realness, real, like I have a song say real, like real respect. You know, I, I say real is respect, loyalty, uh, genuine behavior, like since, uh, sincerity, um, consideration, like all these traits, you know, and, and all these like adjectives to describe what I call like someone who's real and like that uh is something that i experienced like you know a few people that i wasn't necessarily friends with at that time um the love that they showed me like when i needed it because i didn't have any like i really didn't have anybody like you know coming to visit me like i couldn't like walk and things like that so like that was kind of uh and and, and, you know thing that was it was tough but like i had people coming to visit me and some of these people like weren't necessarily like people i was close with the people i was close with really didn't come through for me, the people that I wasn't close with started to come through for me. And it was, it was, I valued it in a different way. Hmm. Like from that point forward, like any friend that I made, I just valued them so much more. And like, it was my respect for them and, you know, my, my connection with them and like my interest in this like uh, devotion to like any friendship or connection that I made was so like intensified, you know, I feel like I just, my attitude towards people was just a different way. And um, I was just, I, I went about that in a completely different way. And I feel like my music, it, it became like that. Like my music started to become about, you know, very real life scenarios. Um, you know, it became about things that I had been through, the way my life was. Um, you know, when I first came out, I kind of, uh, you know, I kind of was like more abstract. You know, things were, because I, I had to like teach myself how to write again. 
Like, I, I swear, I had to teach myself how to write again. Like, I couldn't, like, figure out how to do it. And I sat in there, like, still recovering. I sat there and, like, would just listen to beats for hours. Like, I sat there all day because, like, I couldn't walk. So, like, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't drive. Like, well, I, I didn't have my license yet at that time. But, like, I wouldn't be able to drive anyways. I couldn't leave the house. So, I would just stay in the house and and listen to beats all day. Like, for, like, eight hours straight, I just listened to beats all day and 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 tried to like figure out how to write again because like it was like my my brain couldn't figure it out like how to do it because like writing for me is kind of like a complex process like it's not that easy to do and to like find that inspiration and then like draw from it and be able to like form like structured words and structured bars is like you know to me is kind of like an intricate process it's not that it's not that simple and you know, my music went from kind of being like abstract at first while I was kind of like, you know, what I deem like a period where I was like kind of reteaching myself how to write and like figuring out like what I wanted my sound to be. But like I really became keys like in that time, like it was very, um, you know, it was very much centered around like real life experiences. And like, you know, I, I, you know, I'd make I'd have bars about friends and like people that I'd met that like had an impact on me. And and, and my music became very much centered around that. I feel like that became like a noticeable central point in my music. You know, it became like half like abstract rap, you know, kind of just like relaxing, let your mind go rap and half like, okay, this is respect. This is loyalty. This is love. This is real life experiences. This is struggle. This is pain. This is heartbreak. Mm -hmm. Like all of those things, if you put that in a blender was like, that's, that's real to me you know, putting like real emotion on the table, putting real pain and saying how you feel, that's real. You know what I mean? And 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 that's why I like, you know, I have a song Say Real, which is like it which, you know, is my biggest song ever. You know, statistically, numbers wise, my biggest song ever. And like that song is centered around that. You know, like if I'm having a real conversation with you, like how come you're not looking me in the eye? How come you're not like taking me seriously? Because the things I say I mean or, or that one thing I feel like is probably like the biggest central point in my music. It's just real. Like, like I said, respect, loyalty, love, heartbreak, you know, generosity, like all those, like all those are like themes in my music. Really happy to see that you're okay. And that you're, you're back here and with us still. I mean, that's, uh, it sounds like quite a, quite a scary experience to, to have to go through that. And I mean, like, what was that, what was that time like for you? I mean, like, you know, you were mentioned you were really like embedded in listening to beats and trying to like teach yourself how to, you know, write again. But like, what, like, where was your mindset at, at that point? Like, like, what was like, what really changed, like changed for you in, in that moment? Cause like I said, that has to be, that's a life or death situation. Right. And not a lot of people have been through something like that. So like, I mean, just talk to me like what were you feeling like at that in those moments there's a lot of it that i don't remember you know there's a lot of that okay. that i really don't remember i mean there's like bits and pieces of it that i can like you know extract but um i'd say just like you know the afterwards experience like you know just like recovering and stuff like that i feel like was very uh humbling that was a very humbling experience it was very um it made me appreciate life more you know what i mean it made me uh, it kind of brought out like uh, my my will, you know what I mean? Because you have to have like a, a a certain amount of like willpower to be able to say like, okay, like I want to improve, mm -hmm. and like I need to improve, like to be able to live. And and it's it's a difference when like you can walk in a store and like buy like a candy bar and like a drink, and then when you can't, mm -hmm. like when you can't do that for yourself, like it's it really puts like a different perspective on things for you. And that was one of the things that I said that I wanted to do.
was I said that to my mom like I, I was in the car because like I said I didn't have my license yet but even if I had had it I there was no way I was going to be able to drive because the way the state that I was in I was blind in one eye for like a couple of weeks wow. you know I, I had to wear like a, a pair of glasses this is a prescription but I had like a pair of glasses that had like a patch over um one eye so because I was it was all black so I was completely blind in one eye for like a couple of weeks um and I just remember saying to my mom at that time, like, that's one of the things that she was like, what are you looking forward to most? Like, once you get, um, once you like start to like get healthier and you start to get better, I was like being able to walk into the convenience store and like buy myself a snack and a drink. I was like, that's like probably that I said, that's the most thing that I'm looking forward to. Interesting. And, 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 and it's crazy because that was eight years ago when I said that to her. That was around eight years ago, probably like this time. Actually, no, probably, yeah, probably around this time, eight years ago, I said that to her. Wow. And um, and I still remember that exact conversation. That was exactly what I said. And I remember where it was, too. Like, it, and, and, and that's that's another thing for me. Like, I, I have a very strong memory. And um, like I said, like, some of those exact events, I don't remember, like, being, like, in the hospital. Like, I was in ICU for, well, like, yeah. a couple months. Yeah. And I was in ICU for, I think, like, one or two months. You know, and then I got out and then went to, you know, rehab and stuff like that. But, um, you know, as, as far as, like, the exact, like, experiences, I mean, like, I lost, like, uh, like 50 pounds in, like, two weeks, probably, Jeez. 50, 60, actually, maybe even more than that, maybe even, like, 60, 70. I lost, like, a, a lot of weight in, like, a couple of weeks. And, like, I, I was kind of like a skeleton at one point. Like, I, I it, it, like, hurt. Like, I would wake up and, like, I would be in pain because you don't realize when you sleep, like the meat that's covering your bones like it it, it doesn't allow for that to happen because your bones aren't just like bare against yeah. you know what i mean the mattress but like mm-hmm. I, I was i lost so much weight that i was kind of like kind of like a skeleton and like when i would go to sleep and wake up i would be in so much pain just from like my bones kind of being like you know just Jeez. resting in that position but there it just felt like it was like me and like the the box spring you know what i mean like you didn't feel yeah, any cushion yeah. there um, cause you don't have anything, you don't have much, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like a dark, it's kind of like a dark, you know, it's dreary kind of topic, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so like, I know I had to relearn how to walk, teach myself how to write. I mean, I couldn't sleep most nights, you know, I lost a lot of weight, I, you know, I was blind in one eye for a couple of weeks and, um, you know, balance and coordination is like the main, uh, you know, balance coordination and like fine motor skills, which is like moving your fingers. Like th- those are some of like the. Uh, primary functions of the area of the brain that I that I had the injury in and um, I don't know how much you want me to dive into this or if that was the answer you were looking for as much as you would like man that's just uh, yeah it's it's absolutely however much you would prefer all right yeah no I I don't want to it's not that I don't want to I don't know if I was going off course Um, nope you're not at all this is this is like a good this is like important conversation so Okay, cool. I mean, I had uh, I had a I had an AVM, so it's artro uh, artro malvenous uh, artro venous malformation. Okay. So I had two blood vessels wrapped like in a knot, basically, and they ruptured, and I had bleeding inside my brain. Wow. So that's how I had that, and um, that's how that happened to me. And and basically, when I first had that, like I remember before, like the actual like you know surgery and like. You know, shortly after that, like, I remember, like, before and after, before, like, I had pain, like, everywhere in my head. I was out to eat, and it was, like, all of a sudden, I was, like, I ate, you know, like, those restaurants, they cook in front of you, like, the hibachi? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it felt like I was, like, really sick to my stomach, like, I was going to throw up, and, 
no, I went to, I went to, I was like, all right, I'll be right back. I went to the bathroom. Um, and I couldn't like nothing, nothing happened. Like, nothing came out. I, you know, I went to go, I was like, oh, I'm going to throw up. Like nothing came out. So I was like, okay, that's weird. I stood up. I, I got out the stall, look in the mirror. I saw like so many of me in the mirror. Like there was like eight, nine, 10, 12. Like I was everywhere in the mirror. I was like, oh man, like it, it that was crazy. So, um, so then I, I, I was like, damn, like something's wrong here. So I left the bathroom and, and it was like, I see like waiters and waitresses like going back and forth in the restaurant. Cause it's kind of like a busy place. And it felt like it was like light speed, like the way they were moving. Like I felt like I was so like unsteady, like walking through these people that I, I like you ever see like that, that meme of Mr. Krabs, like when he's like this and there's like mm -hmm. mad people. That's how I felt like that. That's a funny meme, but like, that's like literally how I can best describe it. Like when I was looking at these people, like it looked like lights flashing, like the way they were walking past me, like I, I, it, it, it was really strange, but like, I'm walking through these people and then I sit down, I like fell into the chair. Like I, I could, it's like, I could feel myself getting like less balance as I like by the second. And then I like fall into the chair and then they're like, like, Oh, are you okay? And then I was, you know, I'm with my dad and you know, I was, some uh some of my family and you know they're like are you okay and I'm like no I just like feel like really off like I thought I was gonna throw up I didn't I saw like so many of myself in the mirror and you know I, I feel really like disoriented and then so they thought you know I was getting like they there's those times they squirt you like the the sake or whatever it is mm -hmm. I was going like this all the time and and I think that's actually what what caused it the the rupture was me tilting my head like this when I was getting the sake because it was literally right after that happened that I started feeling the symptoms and when all that started was right after I kept tilting my head because he kept going like side to side on the table and then like giving he squirt them some then me then them then me and I kept tilting my head back to catch it and then it was right after he finished doing that that I started feeling all the symptoms so my so my father thought that like oh like he thought maybe like I got like the alcoholic one because I because the symptoms I was feeling. But then when we when we left the restaurant, it was like, um, I was trying to explain to them what I felt like. They're like, oh, what do you feel like? What do you feel like? Because like everybody was kind of in a panic at this point. And I was trying to explain it to them. And then all of a sudden, like my speech was gone. And it was like the things that I was saying, like I could still like my thoughts were still there. Like I could think of what I was saying. But like the words that were coming out that I thought I, that I was trying to say was just like all jumbled. Like I I wasn't like. I wasn't like connecting like words anymore. Like it, it was just like it wasn't even English. It was like, it, it, you know what I mean. It was it was like alphabet soup. Like that was like coming out. So like my speech was pretty much gone, and they were like, "All right, like this is, like that was very alarming." You know because then shortly after that, like I I really couldn't walk on my own. Like I my my balance was completely gone. I couldn't even stand up. So like they were pretty much like holding me. Like and then I was leaving, and like we get to the car and then. You know, I, I pretty much like, uh, I was throwing up like on the side of the highway after I was, uh, I remember, I remember, we were, uh, we were in an Escalade and I didn't want to throw up in the Escalade. Like, like how crazy is that? Like I'm over here literally dying. Literally. And, like I didn't want to. And, and that was the thought that came in my head was, oh, let me not throw up in the Escalade while I was literally dying. I went like this and like covered it. Like I literally like started to, and I like blocked it. And then it was like in my hand, I like jumped out of the car and like, we're just like everything like on the side of the highway. And then they're like, all right, this is like really bad. We need to go get to a hospital down the street. They're like, okay, da da da. Like it was like 
my memory started to fade at this point. Like, I feel like I wasn't like seeing things. Like it was almost like everything was so dim and like, I really wasn't, it, it was really weird. It was almost like my body was shutting down, you know, like things were like not seeming right to me. Like it was almost like everything was like super bright, you know, and I just, I wasn't like seeing the full picture, but like I'm in the hospital bed and they're like, we can't, you know, they find out we can't do the surgery here. You have to go. They were like, if you take an ambulance, you're not going to make it. You don't have that much time. Like ambulance ride from here A to B, you know, I was in Brockton, Mass, and I had to go to Boston, Mass. You know, that's about like a 30-minute drive at least, even with no traffic. So I got flown in a helicopter. Holy I got flown in a helicopter to MGH to, to get the surgery. So I think the helicopter ride was like less than 10 minutes. Like it was like single digit, like, you know, no, uh, like maybe seven to nine minutes. I don't know how I even remember that. But I remember them saying it. Like I was very much like in and out. Like, I feel like I was very, like, my, my, my body was fading out, like my vision was, and I was kind of just, like, closing my eyes, too, because everything was so bad. Like, my vision was so, you know what I mean? I said I was seeing, like, 12 of myself. Like, it was pain, like, in my whole head. Like, imagine the worst earache, the worst toothache, but imagine a toothache, but every tooth in your entire jaw. Like, that was what it was. When I was sitting at that restaurant before we left, it became pain everywhere in my head. Like, the worst migraine you ever had, the worst pain behind your eyes, eye ache, uh, toothache, but every tooth in your jaw, earache, face hurt. Like, my, everything in my head was just, like, the worst pain you could ever imagine. So, that was when we left the restaurant. We went to the hospital. They couldn't do the surgery. We got flown to, M to MGH. They did the surgery. Then I woke up, you know, and, and you know, a lot of recovery. My my mind changed and my body changed. I still work through these things today, but um, but yeah, that that's what a lot of that situation was like. You know, I hope that was uh was enough. Yeah, no, definitely. So I I just like the the story is incredible. Just I'm like astounding. I'm like speechless right now. But then all I have to say is like I'm just very glad you're here but also you know there's a there's a reason you are still here right and then there's there's got to be a higher purpose as, as to you know like th that could have went south so fast and i'm so just like you know you have to be so i mean your family your loved ones all just have to be probably so fortunate that <laughs> you're that it's still that you're you're here right i mean i, I don't know what else yeah. to say it's, it's yeah. amazing man absolutely it's, it's, a, it's a remarkable story it really really is Thank you. Um, it, it like that, that event like really influenced, it kind of ties into your previous question. You know, that's why I kind of was happy to explain it a bit more. That's why I asked you if you wanted me to go in detail too, but you know, for, so I didn't like, you know, go off course, but, um, mm -hmm. but you know, that kind of explains the previous question too. Like the reason why my music, like why the central point is very much on like, you know, real life experiences, like real attitude, like, um, me being a genuine person, like the amount of pride that I take in being like a hundred percent, like people say, keep it a hundred, like keep it a hundred is like one of my life mottos. I feel like I'll always be that way. Like, mm -hmm. because like, I just appreciated that. You know what I mean? I appreciated that from other people when I needed it, you know, mm -hmm. people that were, gave me respect, gave me loyalty, gave me love, you know, gave me attention, gave me somebody to talk to. Like I needed somebody like that, like at a, at a certain point in time. And, 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 and during that time and the people that came to me and, and showed me that like at, at that time, I feel like afterwards, you know, I question whether that's exactly what it was, but that might, that very well could have been exactly what it was. That made me have that mentality afterwards that like, you mm -hmm. know what, I want to be this kind of person to other people. Exactly. You know, I want to be like a leader and I want to be a lover and like somebody who, you know, is genuine and loyal and, and, and caring and, and considerate, compassionate, like to other people, 
you know, because yeah. that was shown to me. So like, mm-hmm. I need to, you know what I mean? I, I there's this movie, Pay It Forward. Have you never seen Pay It Forward? You got to watch it. It's called Pay It Forward. Like that concept is like something that I I very much live by. And I watched that movie about one year after I got no, yeah, it was the following school year. So when I got out of um, um, the hospital, I was my junior year of high school. I was I was supposed to stay back because I missed too much school. I missed four months of school. Mm-hmm. I was gone from New Year's. So the day we were supposed to come back from New Year's um, break was the day that I that happened and I was in the hospital. So that was like January 5th, 2013. I was gone until the day they came back from April vacation. So I was pretty much gone for like four full months of high school. The only reason I passed that, that grade year is because one of my teachers offered to tutor me. And she helped me get, catch up on a lot of my assignments and she brought my tests, you know, and we took my tests and stuff and I was able to pass in, you know, work and that was great. But um, that too, like that that kind of stuff, like the tutor, like that's the kind of, you know what I mean? That that I feel like fuels like the, the person I am now. Like I try mm-hmm. to just give that back and I watch that movie paid forward, you know, in my senior year in a psychology class that I took. And it's the concept of, you know, if someone does something uh, caring or, you know, to show you love or such like that you know, pay it forward by, mm-hmm. by doing an act of kindness for somebody else. And then, you know, hopefully they continue that and it just keeps on going because there's so many people out there that need help or even just like need somebody to talk to, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the, kind of like the chain where like someone pays for you in line and like the expectation is that the other person can kind of pay for the next person, right? They got to like that whole, yep. like literally that's more of a literal pay it forward, but you're right. Yeah, it's like something good happens to you. Like, you just kind of put that good energy, that good karma back into the world. Now, I, I love that sentiment, but also at the same time, I think for you, maybe I'm, maybe I'm off base here, but it sounds just from talking to you or talking to you and hearing you, you talk about this. It sounds to me like, you know, this, this was really a second chance for you and an opportunity that gave you this second chance, gave you like a completely different perspective on life. And you were able to look at it in a way that you maybe wouldn't have prior. So uh, and, it, and it clearly seems, sounds like it is, you know, boded well for you and, and gone into the direction of the music. And, uh, you know, we've had such amazing conversation this whole time. I, I definitely want to get, get into a little bit of the music before uh, my, my final oh, yeah. question. But I want to talk to you a lot about uh, your your most popular single first, say, Real. And then I want to talk about your, your uh, most recent one, I'm Good. But tell me mm. a little bit about Say Real because... This song it clearly is your your number one song in terms of numbers, and just kind of curious on uh, you know what this song means to you and how it's maybe helped further your your career. Was around the time when I was working at Target at a hundred in my bank on Christmas. That was the hardest I know. You don't get it, you don't understand my stresses. I just struggled through so many times, but now the lessons I had. A couple moments that I was wanting to live again. Take it, take for so damn long. I want to give again. Going through the motions that people calling me toxic. Wanted to talk to you, so I was searching for topics. I got to break it to you. I was going off the deep, and now I'm smiling in the sun and making movies on the weekend. Yeah. So a major theme in my music overall is like the past a lot of my music is well i'd say most uh, probably like 95 percent of it is, is written about the past you know what i mean i don't i don't really write in like the future tense much like um i don't usually i mean i, I write like i kind of go between past and present like i kind of dip between past and present but um but you know that song say real w- was just about you know was about like uh, girls you know i've had experiences like w- w- with with girls and you know, that's uh, the experiences that I have with people I tend to remember, you know, especially if they kind of like leave their mark on me per se. 
And, you know, the second verse was, was very much, you know, I had, had like a line or two about like, you know, a handful of, uh, of females that had been in my life recently, you know, and, and, and leading up to that song or whatever. And I had like about a line or two about like each of those girls. One of them was um, an ex-girlfriend that I actually wrote my album, Just So You Know About. Um, that was kind of where I kicked off with that like theme of that verse. But um, that was the second verse. The first verse, you know, I, I started it off with a line that said, um, was around the time when I was working at Target, had a hundred in my bank on Christmas. That was the hardest. Like that stuff to me is like, that's like that pain. And like pain is like another huge theme in my music. You know, like that realness, yes. But then like the pain in like, uh, wanting people to be able to relate to something you know and, and, and connecting with people is like one of my like biggest hopes in life like to be able to always connect with people you know that's how i relate it's like through pain and to being able to express that i mean say real was one of those songs you know like that had that you know first line second line you know uh was around the time when i was dating alicia we was pulling up at copley it's summer we stopped for pizza i had and then like i went through uh a couple moments that it and then i kind of went through past moments you know and i talked about past females and and that was kind of what that song um, was inspired by, which is the kind of reminiscing on, you know, some of these times in my life that maybe were a bit harder than others and just kind of taken from that and looking back on like how I progressed from it and what I've learned from it. And, and that's kind of a lot of what that song was, was just, you know, reiterating some of those points and just kind of reflecting on, on those times in my life. And then your most recent song, I'm Good. Tell me a little bit about this one, the creation behind this one and the inspiration for uh, for I'm Good. What I'm trying to find is in a different bottle of vino. Keep it on the dealer, I'm busy fighting my ego. Got a couple records, but she ain't fucking with me though. Yeah, you see the vision, but where do you want to be though, for real? Don't be frontin', you don't know how I feel Everybody see me struggle, they don't know how I deal It's like, see me walking right up to it, they ain't much to fear Only one head giving hands out, I'm the puppeteer Just stop playing with the kid, I'll be on it Just give me a couple hours, I'll be gone about the morning Saying I'm the little homie, I'm a giant, I've been dormant You've been watching from the bleachers while you speak on my performance I just tell it how it is, I don't never do bravado See me poster with the realest, it's just me and the Moscato Since a young and been a leader, I ain't never one to follow Fake calling, I ain't answer, let me hit you up tomorrow I'm Okay, so that song was, uh, I wrote that like during last summer, uh, during last summer, so summer 2020 was like mostly where I wrote and, and uh, recorded that song. Well, a lot of the recording was like in the fall and winter too, cause I was like really like, I, I put a lot into like the editing and wanting my vocals to be, you know, mastered to like exactly where I wanted. And, you know, I spend a lot of time in the studio just trying to like perfect the sound of the song, you know, and like create with ideas. But, you know, I'm good to, to answer your question, was mostly written. Um, that was during a time when I was, you know, in a really good place. I was in a really, uh, uh, really uh, good climate. I was in a really happy place. You know, I'd uh, just bought a new car and, you know, I was just really feeling great. You know, that summer I was happy with where I was at, you know, and it was just a lot of that. You know, I was very much inspired by, you know, and, and, and you know, that's a song where I was writing about the present. You know, that that was a song where I was I was writing about like things that I was currently doing, you know, and, 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 and sitting, you know, with a bottle, you know, uh, writing more than I could. Like that's, I posted with a bottle, writing more than I could. Like I say that in, in the hook and like, that's something that's like been prominent like for years. Like when I'm writing my music, like a lot of nights I've just like sat there and like stayed home on a Friday or stayed home on a Saturday, like when, when things might be happening and just sat and write and sat and wrote. You know, and, and that's kind of where that hook came from was just like thinking about those times and 
thinking about like summer nights that I had like with some of my some of my homies, like some of the, some of the dogs, and and that was just a lot of where that came from, just like that mind state, you know, just kind of bouncing off, you know, all, all those recent like, things that had happened, just like, you know that 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 happiness. Absolutely. And then about a year ago, you actually about a year ago that where you and I are talking, you you dropped your debut project, uh, just so you know. And you you explained that you you touched on that a little bit, but I love you to dive into that one as well. Like, what is that body of work now that that's out? Or it's been about a, a year or so since that's been out. Uh, you know, what does that body of work mean to you in, in your career? That album might need a sequel. <laughs> you know, I think it might, it might need a sequel. I might I might I've been thinking about doing an immediate sequel to that. And might have to clip that. Might have to clip. <laughs> but um, turntable teaser is uh, exclusive right here. We might get a just yeah, so you know sequel. <laughs> yeah, it might have to be. I thought you knew. You know what I mean? That that would be the sequel. I thought you knew. But um, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Nah, that's really uh, that's something I'm seriously thinking about. You know, for the record. But um. So what it means to me, I mean, that album, like, just to just to be direct, like, that album was written about, like, uh, my college girlfriend, who, like, that breakup was, like, devastating. Like, that was probably, like, some of the worst. Like, that, that heartbreak was tough. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that was real bad. And, like, I don't even know, like, I had to just, like, write it. You know what I mean? I had to just, like, get that off because it was just, like, such a tough time. And like I was trying to like get through it, and I was like writing at work, like I was like writing, you know, everywhere, like everywhere I was, I was just like thinking of like lines for like you know for verses, and just like let me put this together, and like because I knew I had to get it off, like a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff was stuff that like was pain that I was like going through, and like I had to get it out of my head, and like getting it on the page, like really helped me a lot, like dropping that album helped me get through that breakup. And, you know, that, that album means a lot to me. That album means a lot to me because of that reason. You know, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of it also. But, um, you know, and I worked a lot, you know, I worked a, a lot. Very, I worked very hard on, on creating that album. And uh, a lot of it, you know, it was stuff that I just had to get off my chest, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, that project is like the epitome of like my, st- not, I mean, I wouldn't say epitome of my style, but like of my like aim with writing. Like my, my, my purpose in music is to express myself. Like that's the reason why I do it. You know, like I want people to be able to relate. I want to relate to other artists and like, I want to express myself, you know, and I want to, I want to, you know, I use it very much as like an outlet, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, Definitely. It's, music has always been an outlet for me. And, and that's, you know, that, that album was very much that was, was, I was able to vent a lot of the the thoughts that I was having and put them into a song and, and the fact that I was able to create you know what I believe to be you know some some pretty good music to it you know it is it made me even you know, more happier about it. it made me more proud because Definitely. I'm like wow like all this pain kind of like had like a, a you know a silver lining you know I was able to create this and you know, I'm, I'm very happy with the way it sounds and, yeah. and I had a lot of people that listened to it and we're like, wow, like a lot of people hit me up and like it, it did, you know, even to this day, like people are like, you know, t- talking to me about some of those songs and, and, and just like, you know, I get Snapchats like of like people like going through some of the bars like of that album, like even like to this day. And it's yeah. like crazy. I'm like, wow, like that album definitely resonated with a lot of people. Definitely. And like that it's was a relatable situation. That, that's what it's for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that's why that that album means a lot to me like that, that, you know, especially being my first album you know i never dropped an album before so that's also another reason but i just felt like that album was the perfect like way to to open up 
you know, open that up, you know, to, to that, that's the perfect first album, you know, from, from what I wanted, what I wanted to do, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's an extremely relatable topic. No, no, nonetheless. I mean, we've all, I think been in some sort of situation like that at some point in time. So to, I'm totally not surprised that it's resonated. I think it's a great body of work as well. When I was going through it earlier this week, uh, what was your, uh, what was your favorite song from, from the album? If you could, if you had to choose one, um, I feel like the song "All My Friends." I had like a, I enjoyed writing that, you know, I, especially like writing the hook and like thinking about that and like I feel like like the lines I wrote in the hook, I really, I'm really proud of. Um, but I think overall, I think like the song "Zone," "Zone" or "My Own Way," "My Own Way," I think is the the closer of the album. It's like the outro. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Uh, "Zone" has some like live guitar in it. You know, we had some live guitar um, playing in that one. Uh, you know, my uh, my producer and engineer, like he plays guitar, so he he was like, I could play some guitar. So and that he did a great job with that. And you know, I think Zone is probably my overall favorite song. Great, great. I like Zone a lot too. That's definitely a good one. And uh, but yeah, definitely, guys, make sure you tune in to all the keys' music. We'll link "Say Real," "I'm Good," and the album. Just so you know, in the description below. So make sure you guys check out all this music and support this man keys you've this has been a great episode thank you so much for being here man this was like i said so much fun and just thank you for all your vulnerability and transparency with your story oh, yeah. and it's been and, and also just it's been great to just talk to you about music too we have we definitely have a lot of overlapping uh taste and sure and i'd love to meet you and your brother someday no doubt i think we would definitely be uh listening to a lot of music hanging out it would be be a great time but oh uh, yeah the, the no, last too Definitely. Yeah. Once this uh, COVID thing is uh, finally behind us, which hopefully will be this year. But I have my final question before I let you go. You're not quite off the hook yet. My final question I ask every guest that comes on this show. Our, our, our fans know what's coming already. It's the dream song scenario. And I'll explain that what uh, what that will entail imagine that you can make a song. I know that's kind of crazy to think about. You're an, I'm just kidding. You're an artist. Obviously, you make music. Uh, but you get a song and you can create that song with anybody dead or alive. All right. It's your dream song scenario. So you, I'll, I'll structure it for you. Uh, you get a hook, uh, you get a hook. So you get someone to do the hook and you get three verses. So you get a verse and you get two guest verses. So you basically can get uh, up to three vocalists uh, to be on this song and then you can get anybody to produce it. So who's on that dream song again, dead or alive can be anybody. All right, so this is one thing that I didn't get to touch on, right? But, like, the music, like, I listen to, like, all artists that are, like, you know, these are unsigned artists. Like, some of my favorite, like, all my favorite artists are people that, like, you know, a lot of people, they, you know, they, they have a fan base, but, like, these mm-hmm. are guys that are lesser known. They're not mainstream guys, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But um, if I were to do a song and want two other guest verses, if they had to be two different people, um damn i mean some of my favorite like guys you know ryan caraveo i don't know if you know who that is ryan caraveo uh, that was my number dude we so the crate uh this is no one's ever said this i'm so pumped all right sorry right, I, I i gotta pause you ryan caraveo okay crazy story here yeah I did. Yes, I did. I did, met him virtually. Oh. He did. He did a um, right around the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, initial, like right when that was first becoming a really big deal, uh, roughly about a year ago after the George Floyd murder and, and all that. 
he did a on I believe it was an app like House Party or Party or some some kind of par- app where uh, basically you paid just like a little like fee. It was like whatever, 25, 30 bucks. And he would call you and like have to do like a FaceTime with you essentially. And all the proceeds went to uh, the Black Lives Matter initiative and, and movement and all that. So he, I got a chance to actually talk to him, which was so cool. And I had a, like a 10, 15 minute conversation. He's a great guy. I went to his show in Boston at um, Middle East. was in November of 2019 so it was right before the new year last so like a year almost now a year almost a year and a half ago and in 2019 because we do year-end lists we just I, we just had our year-end lists for 2020 and my 2019 year-end lists Butterfly Boy was my number one album and I had Peanut Butter Waffles in my top five songs I think I had it at like maybe number three so I am a huge Ryan Carveo fan I'm so glad you just said that that's fantastic you just made yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy. I mean that, uh, you know, I think he's incredible. You know, I think he's oh yeah, he's he's one of those guys who like, you know, you put me on an island, and like I can only listen to, you know, say like five artists. Like he's one of those artists. Like mm. and and it's, you know, if you would have really put down like yo, who's like your top five like favorite artists? Like these are the last five artists you'll ever get to listen to again. Like he's one of them for sure. He's like, there's no doubt because I think he's yeah. incredible. Like he is, you know. But but you know, I, I'm sick too because you went. <laughs> I, I'm hurt because you got to go to the Boston show and I was trying because I think it was um just before COVID hit. He did that Boston show. I want to say it was mm-hmm. like late 2019, probably. It was. It was in November. Fall. Okay, word. Yeah, see, I, I found out about that show because I was, like, searching on, like, um, one of those apps. I forget what it was. But one of those apps, like, if you put in, like, your artist to watch, it'll show you, like, where, where they're touring. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it popped up right here. I was like, no way. I was like, yo, it's at, um, was at the Middle East or, or, yeah, I think it was at the Middle East. It was, and, yep. So, uh, yep, yep. Middle East upstairs. And, and, I, and I was hurt because, like, by the time I got to it, like, everywhere was saying like the tickets were sold out and i was like no because I, I found out about like, the day before that it was happening it's like okay yeah. obviously like he's gonna sell out he's a great artist but like oh, i so found cool. out the day before like and i had wished that i had i still wish that i had found out like you know at least like a week before because i probably would have been able to snag a ticket and i would have went to the show alone because like i don't even care like if it's a concert and someone i know is like out here 
I'm going to go to it. Like, I don't need anybody to go to it because, like, I, these are artists that, like, I listen to a lot of artists that people don't know. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, and they might not want to go to the show, but I'm going to go to the show because these dudes are the best. You know what I mean? I think he's, like, one of the best in the world. So, like, I'm definitely going to go to it. And and he's one of those guys. If you want three guys, like, you said me and two verses, you said someone can get on the hook too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Does it have to be one of those three guys, or is it could be a different guy? Could be different. Can be different, or it can be one of them. However you want. It's your dream song. You can make it however you want. <laughs> um. So I mean, yeah, Ryan Caraveo. I mean, Whit Lowry, uh, Cam Meekins. Cam Meekins. Um, that's a local guy. I love Cam Meekins. Um, and then Jake Miller. I love Jake Miller. Jake Miller. I, Jake I haven't Miller's, heard Jake Miller in a while. Huh. Jake Miller. I think is incredible. Like his, his stuff is like you know he he's more like a. And he's more he more does like pop i don't know exactly what genre to put him maybe like even yeah he raps he rap a little bit but like yeah, he might yeah, maybe like, like pop music pop rap and I, maybe yeah some type of yeah some type of that blend yeah and i and i think he's incredible i mean like those are all like those four guys i mean i would love to have on a song i mean i don't know like how to interchange them um or who it would be produced by i mean like yeah. my favorite producer ever is jay dilla so I mean, if you, I don't, I don't think it, it, you can't mesh all that together. You know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> those are all very different like sounds. It's hard to like put that in it. Ah, it's tough, man. A dream song, it's really tough. But it's a I dream song know, scenario. Like, no, no, no. It's the dream song scenario. It, well, they'd figure out a way to make it work. If it's if it's Jay Dill, it's Jay Dill. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know exactly like how to how to uh, how it would pan out, but I know like doing a song with like some like Whit Lowry. I feel like like his. His subject matter is like very much lines up with mine. Like I feel like oh oh and high res too. Forgot about high res. High res. Oh, that's another one I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, you really you yeah. do like some of the some of the indie artists that are more yeah. have like the 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 sort of smaller not that's not smaller I shouldn't say but they have like more the tight knit uh, fan base from these some of these indie mm. artists. I mean I love a lot of artists like that too. Like and that's why I, like I respectfully as well with some of these artists like guys like Russ and even Mike Stud who's now just Mike but like I those love types Mike. of Mike Mike's is fantastic man yeah and what he's doing just like to navigate the music industry I was having this conversation with my barber actually yesterday and cuz he's a huge Mike fan as well uh, and and I just love what like some of these artists are able to do and how they're kind of going against the grain of what like the normally uh the music industry kind of calls on right for mm. for artists and how you're supposed to quote unquote make it like they're just kind of going against what all of that and trying to do it independent which i completely I respect and i think it's dope too i really do and wow okay so i really i really like that keys featuring cam meekins ryan carveo Bro, everybody i <laughs> res throw, throw them all on there Jay Dilla probably wouldn't fit for a producer for Jay Dilla, but screw it, whatever. We'll just put it all on there, mash it together. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I mean, like even like even like a song with with Mike would be crazy. Like even if yeah. I just did a song with Mike, like I, I would probably like pass out. Like I don't even think I'd be able to handle it. Like yeah, because I like Mike. He's one of those dudes. Like right when I started writing, like he was one of the first dudes that I was like, ooh, like he was mm. one of the first guys where I was like, ooh, like I I need to try this. Like and, and and specifically like if if you've listened to Mike like since those days like 2011 Mike Stud like in this life the first Mike Stud song I ever heard is called In This Life featuring Loggy I still listen to that song to this day like it just came out yesterday and I, and that was the, one of the songs like also with that I said about the shady 2.0 cipher like that's one of the songs that made me realize like made hit me and it was so motivating that I was like yo I need to try this because like this is incredible. 
And it, I love and, that. And, and that's it. Yo, Mike Stud, all those dudes, like that would be a dream song. I don't know if, it, like I said, Jay Dilla, like, I don't know how that would work, pan out with that, but <laughs> he's my, like, he's my, like, favorite, like, producer. I don't, I'm not, I'm honestly, to be honest, not too, like, well versed in, like, different producers. Like, I, I don't know, like, that many, like, like, I know, I know some people who would, like, hear a producer and they're like, oh, that's so and so. Like, mm. my brother is like that. Like, he would know who it was that produced it just based on like the way the beat is and like oh it's got the 808s like he would know but like i don't know that like i'm not very well versed in my producers like i like like uh ninth wonder and jay dill like those are like uh, offhand like those are like probably my two producers who like i I really like wrote to a lot of their beats you know mm. when i was like starting to like create my ca- catalog i wrote to their beats and like it was so inspiring jay dilla has like that abstract sound where like it kind of can can go with my sound so if it was a producer, I'd like to work with Jay Dilla. If it was, you know, to get uh, a couple guys on a song, like any mix of those artists is a dream song for me. High Res, you know, Whit Lowry, I think Whit Lowry's super dope. Uh, Mike, even just doing a song with Mike, crazy. Motion Twist from Philly. Motion Love Twist. Love Motion Twist. OCD Motion uh, Twist, baby. Yeah. Yo, th- them too. I've been listening to them since the jump. Like, I, Long, I listen to these yeah. twists, like even having them two even if it was like yo, three artists moosh and twist and mike crazy like with keys crazy like that that song it. would be nuts you know what i mean <laughs> that's fantastic i love it man no this is this is that sounds like a good dread and you're bringing me back now i gotta after this episode definitely going to listen to some <laughs> to some motion twist going back to run back butterfly boy ryan carveo high res cam meekins right all oh, these are all all, all, uh, all artists that I was listening to in same in, uh, in in high school and college as well. But uh, I think it was perfect, man. You came full circle with the with the uh, BET 2011 cipher with uh, with uh, Shady. So I mean, that's just so many great artists to check out, guys. If you haven't heard any of these, uh, any of these, Whit Lowry is the one that I don't know super well. That I'm gonna have to also give a, give a listen uh, from those that you said. I, I know everyone else, but Whit, Whit Lowry is not one I'm I'm as familiar with. So I'd say Whit I, Lowry is. Um... Like if you had a get one guy that I would like put him with, NF. I'd okay. say Whit Lowry. NF. If you listen yeah. to NF, like I would say Whit Lowry is like you could put him like right there with NF. Like he, interesting. He, I feel like their their subject matter is like in the same box. Interesting. You okay. Know? Have to get give me a little bit of homework here. So that's great. But uh, Keys, thank you so much for being here, man. What a fantastic episode, and uh, this was really great to chop it up, talk some music, talk about your life experiences and your music as well. That's just thank you so much for your transparency and, and, and everything that you shared on this episode today. If you guys like what you heard from the snippets of the songs from Keys, make sure, again, you smash those uh, those links in the description. They're all there for all the, the two singles, Say Real and I'm Good, and also the debuted album uh, from Keys from last year, just so you know. It's all linked there. Instagram is also uh, linked in the description too, but... Uh, keys uh plug away you know where, where can the people find you and what platforms and all that and uh go ahead so yeah um i mean first of all yeah thank you uh thank you for having me on you know it, it was great to to be on and, and to you know talk music with you and, and a little bit of background um you know you can find me on instagram at keys real talk um you can find me on spotify uh keys apple music um at pretty much any platform uh, I'm not. I'm not too. Uh, I don't have the YouTube thing figured out too well yet, but I got to work on that. <laughs> you, you could probably find me on YouTube, but I, I got to got to tweak that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely Spotify, Apple Music, like all, all iTunes, you know, all the all, you know most of the uh, major streaming platforms. You can find me there. Like I said, uh, Instagram at uh, Keys Real Talk. 
and yeah, uh, you know, uh, like I said, thanks for, uh, for letting me come on. I appreciate it. You know, I should be should be having some n- new music out soon. Fantastic. We'll be on the lookout for that. Be promoting that as soon as it drops. But once again, Keys, Thank thanks you. so much for being here. This was a great, great episode. And uh, if you're a fan of Keys, just coming on to us for the first time, make sure you give us a follow at Turntable Teachers on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We're we're all there. YouTube as well. Make sure you smash that subscribe button to our YouTube and our podcast streaming services. We are also on Spotify, Apple. Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure SoundCloud as well. So make sure you guys go, uh, you know, subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts and hit up our website, www.turntableteachers.com for all the latest blogs and news going on with our podcast. And once again, Keys, thanks so much for being here. And uh, I can't wait to see what happens with you next. And I will I will link up with you again very soon. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I look forward to it. You know, I look forward to talking with you soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Without further ado, I'm Mike. This is Keys with the Turntable Teachers. And class is officially dismissed. Turn-tale. 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 Turn-tale.